is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Live and in color. You know how I know that? You're, you're reaching for makeup. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm, Come a, on. I'm a glossy guy. It's I'm YouTube. Shiny. I'm, too, I'm too shiny. No one wants to see me sweating all over you, Nick. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick helping us out as always. And Sammy McKee. You know, I think maybe Sammy's nervous for puck drop tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Why is that? Because uh, he gave me the uh, the lineup and he says, uh, Leafs open opening night oh, no. in, in Montreal for the home opener against the rebuilding Canadians. Yes. What's wrong with that? S- season opener. Their home opener. Who's? Montreal. Yeah. Against the rebuilding Canadians. And it's, what's wrong with that statement? Doesn't, doesn't work, does it? <laughs> I don't know. It's Montreal's You're, home opener. It's in Montreal for the Canadians' home opener. Ah, okay. Johnny Journalist now. Yeah, hey, right. got to call him. A, if, if, oh. Have you not read up on Real Kipper? Uh, <laughs> Toronto Star? I, Justin writes all the time. He's like, oh, I got this in my article. and I'm like, I'm going out and getting a job then. I'm going out and getting a writing job. <laughs> Congratulations on that! Oh That's yes, That's great. You got to keep up with you. I know we're we're, we're multi-platform. We are, <laughs> and we are excited for the Toronto Maple Leafs to kick off the twenty-two, twenty-three season. Comes against a a pretty good op- opponent tonight in Montreal. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at that blue line, guys, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, and I'm like. Oh. Do I recognize anyone here? I know. Mark, David Savard. Mark Giordano has played more NHL games than that entire Montreal decor combined. Not a fun stat. If the Leafs don't win by three or four tonight, is there major concern? Now, this is the thing. You go into it, these expectations, then it's close for a while, and the Leafs will start going we should be doing better than this. And everyone puckers up and here you go. Now you got a close hockey match. I think expectations these these teams, regardless of who's wearing the sweaters, they usually play pretty close games. I really feel like it's a traditional thing, like outside of a few blowouts here and there. I, you know, you can point to a few, but I feel like these are always somewhat close regardless of who's playing. Let's be reminded to Marty St. Louis back there, guys, like he's going to fire them up. He's going to get them ready. Yeah. You're going to get a great effort from whatever Montreal for, has. For the first 14 minutes? 20? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is 22? Like, can you sustain it with a decor that looks like Montreal's? I actually think their forward group doesn't look bad. I don't think their forward group looks well, whatever. But the, the back end, tonight they're going with Gouli, Savard, Jacki Weidman, and Harris Kovacevic. I don't know who either of those men are. Jacki. Jacki, by the way, is spelled X-H-E-K-A-J. If you say it backwards, if you wrote that backwards, it looks more like Jack Eye than forwards. <laughs> God, you've spent a lot of time staring at his last name, haven't you? I, I, I don't know. It's, it's Scrabble, man. Big Scrabble name. That is just, it's remarkable that, that you can figure out that that spells Jack Eye. I can't. I heard Chris Cuthbert say it in the preseason. That's all I know. So will the Montreal Canadiens be fired up? Uh, let's go to... Mitch Marner and get his thoughts of uh, teams now challenging the Leafs and maybe using uh, them as a 
as a, as a bar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, Sammy, you don't have it ready? Oh, we're going to pass on that one clip, but we do. Oh, he's, he's running. He's unhappy with the Do you, uh, okay, do, do we not hear that every year, though, that, uh, you know, it's it's not hard to fire up for uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs year after year? It's, I can go back to my days, and it's yeah. like, sure, yeah. Biggest stage in Canada. I was on Bunkus's show this morning, and he has the theory that Tampa Bay was at the end of their run as a dynasty or whatever, but the only reason that they got up for the run they did last year was because they played the Leafs in the first round. He thinks that they played Florida in the first round or whoever, Boston, they'd have rolled over. He thinks it's playing the Toronto Maple Leafs that inspired the motivation to get past them. So I don't know. Some people do believe it's a bigger thing than others. I... I tend to think that it's not as big a story, the whole getting up for the Leafs, but it's still Leafs-Habs. It's still going to be a big deal just because of the matchup that it is, you know? We look at the lineup tonight, and we'll see we'll, we'll see Mulgan uh, and Tavares and, and Nylander and uh, uh, wonder what kind of look that'll have. Mm-hmm. Do we have the Marner now? Let's, do, yeah, yeah, let's go to Mitch Marner talking about uh, maybe playing a team like Montreal tonight. Yeah. The young guys are always hungry to try and prove a point, um, especially these guys. Um, you know, these guys uh, have a lot of Canadian guys on their roster that, uh, you know, I think in Canada, Toronto is always a team that gets talked about a lot and everyone always knows about. So um, everyone's always excited to try and show out against us and um, prove a point. So I'm sure that's going to be another one tonight. And for us, it's just making sure we're doing our things right, not focusing on the other team and, um, you know, putting ourselves in our, the right positions. A close game for the Canadians could just maybe change the first two or three weeks of their their season the, I, to start. I guess. You know, it's it's got to be tough going into a season. I don't know. Have you ever been on a team who was so bad that, like, you know going into the year you're not going to be competitive? Hartford Whalers. <laughs> you knew. You're a kid. Well, you're like, we're going to get cooked. Yeah, we're going to get we're, we're gonna get cooked a lot of nights, but uh, we'll go down swinging. So what happens then? I think you start playing for yourself more than your team, right? You're like, all right, well, I need I – need, to salvage my own career. Yeah. I, I think that uh, there's no question that uh, once you get past that on most nights, W's will be hard to come by. You want to make sure that you're covered and, and you always want to give the impression that you are part of the solution moving forward. That, yes. That there, the changes that you're going to want to make will exclude me. Yeah. My university team, the year I committed um, they were one and one, uh, when I committed to the team, they didn't win another hockey game the entire season. So I showed up there like, Oh, 29 and whatever. So I knew like, we're a bad team. We're not going to win immediately. The competition is like, I'm a right winger. Who are the other right wingers? Like, I'm not as worried about outplaying the other team as you are outplaying your other right wingers. So you get the time and the opportunity. It's so it's a challenge for Marty St. Louis. How do you keep the focus on team? And not just your own opportunity. We got a terrific show. We got Doug McLean in about uh, 40 minutes. Uh, I know we always joke around with him and I needle him, but uh, that guy has two places he lives, Florida and PEI. And both of them got hit hard with the hurricane. How do you do? First, well, we're going to ask him. All right. We really talk to him uh, much about it. So we'll have Doug McLean. Later on uh, in this hour, and then uh, Jimmy Ralph, who's getting ready for uh, his call tonight 
Montreal versus Toronto. He's going to join us as well. He's terrific last year, and we're going to pick up where we left off with uh, Ralphie. Uh, on another note here, here we are uh, going into the season opener for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and is it much surprise to you to hear someone in the media ask Michael Bunting about his <laughs> his contract? I don't should think we so. should we throw to that clip? Do we yeah. have that one ready? Let's talk Sammy. Okay, so we have this clip ready. It's a, the audio quality is a little bit. It's a it was after the cameras left, so a little bit of inside the room. You know, now that they can go back into the room, a little bit more access. A little bit of a scoop came out here about him, so we can listen to this clip. Just just bear with us here. Um, I'm a Toronto boy. I, I love playing for the Maple Leafs. This is this is my home. I grew up in Scarborough and. Um, yeah, it's, it's so much fun putting on that sweater every single night, and, and that's what I will say about it. And um, and I hope everything else figures out itself. And like I said, I just want to focus on playing hockey. Um, but other than that, love being in Toronto Maple Leafs. Long term would be preferable. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Long term. Long term. Who's that? Who's that NFL coach that said? Playoffs. Jamora. Yes, remember that yeah, one? Yeah, that's one of my favorite clips ever. He also said, we didn't do diddly poo look, on offense. <laughs> look, uh, look at Derek. He's going he's gonna to find that for me. Playoffs. Playoffs. That's yeah. what Bunting should have said, whoever asked him. Long term. Long term. They've got four dollars. <laughs> four dollars. You're asking me about long term? Um, I mean, four dollars. What are you asking me playoffs? for? Don't talk about playoffs. Don't talk to me long term. I just, yeah, he'll take whatever. I, it is interesting though that we're going into the season, and it's Bunting time. He had sixty points last year. He played in the first line. You know what are you going to pay Bunting? You're just going to let him walk at the end of this year? It's, it's almost like clockwork. An annual. Whose contract watcher are we going to have here? Well, yeah, that's just the way it is. There's 20 guys on. Hyman, Mikheyev, Bunting. Get ready. I mean, you can go back further if you want. You know, Jake Gardner. The guy's J- just walking, J- yeah. Yeah, JVR, Tyson Berry. No, Barry, no, no, no. All no, these no, guys. No. Those, those guys. Those guys were pre half your salary going into four forwards. This one's you don't think they're way gonna sign different. Bunting? $4. <laughs> well, what part don't you get? Guys, there is no money. There's going to be some money. The cap's going to move a little. You can move some guys somewhere. Pierre Engvall's deal's up. Make room for... Long-term? Yeah, Kerfoot's money's up. Justin there's Hall? no money. There's very little money. Yeah. That is uh, the same conversation... That we've had with Hyman, and uh, it's debatable on on Jack, but I think now that we've seen the goaltending scenario play out, the more that last season, according to few maybe upstairs in the office of MLSE, blame Jack Campbell. Yeah, yeah. So it's less about wanting to spend $5 million and more about if if you were better, we would have got past Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. 
You agree with that after after all of this? Because everybody no. keeps reminding everybody of uh, of the five on five save percentage. Uh, uh, there's only one playoff team worse at a five on five save percentage, and that was Washington, I think, than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. And just is that where Samsonov played? Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> We won't bring up that <laughs> so early in the season. Fix the problem. Yeah, just move on. But it, it really, it really shapes up that like Jack's not here because you didn't really f- come up with five million dollars. You just thought no, wasn't the guy. Wasn't the guy. Wasn't the guy. So he, another uh, interesting uh, stat. Here's your analytic world here for you to start the season. Well, you're a journalist. You're into analytics. What's yes, going on? I know. Body snatchers here. I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm evolving. I'm evolving. But uh, uh, five on, uh, I think five uh, scoring chances, overall scoring chances against. Yep. Ottawa was close to 2,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the Leafs were like at uh, like top 10 maybe at uh, they were good. 17. Yeah. yeah Limited yeah. scoring opportunities. For sure. So, again, that lends towards... Yeah, Murray we, being we, we didn't give you, you weren't overtaxed. You weren't uh, Matt Murray seeing an abundant quality chances here. Right. So now you're going to slide in 300 less chances from an Ottawa organization right. to Matt Murray in Toronto. And the sense is we will get better goaltending. Yeah. I mean, Matt Murray statistically outperformed Jack Campbell last season behind a much worse defensive team so you can see the logic you can see how they talked themselves into matt murray the same way the three of us on the show yesterday were all like i'm surprisingly optimistic about this murdoch murdoch <laughs> if he's healthy he's the guy so did the leaves put out where the players get to uh pronounce their own names yes they very okay, can we can we do matt murray's we can absolutely Hi, my name is Matt Murray, pronounced Matt Murray. <laughs> and my nicknames are Mur and Murdoch. Mur- is Murdoch. there a more Canadian series of words? Like Murdoch. if there's a chance you can screw up Murray, I'm going to really set the Murdoch. record straight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it is funny. They did it with everyone. They did it with like Jordy Ben and other guys. with. Right, give us another one, Sammy. Hello, my name is Ilya Samsonov. Ilya Samsonov. My nickname, Sammy. 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 Samsonov. Samsonov. So we're not doing Samsonov. Why is everyone making me do Samsonov? We're doing Samsonov. I'm done with Samsonov. It's Samsonov. I'm going Sammy squared. (laughs) (laughs) Murray, Sammy. The one I want is Callie Yarncroc. How are we saying Callie Yarncroc? See if we can find that one on command. My name is Kalle Jankrok, and uh, yeah, that's how we pronounce it. Jankrok. Good R-roll. Yeah, you got the Greek. Yeah, I got the good Greek, Greek, Greek. Jankrok. Journey. Kalle. Kalle Jankrok. I just, the thing that you said about them blaming, like, goalies are just such an easy scapegoat, you know? Yeah. It's just the easiest person to put it all on. Justified often. For sure. No doubt. I'm not Mr. Goalie Guy here, even though we have all our best guests are goalies. (laughs) They really are. But I... You just think of maybe if a phantom five on three in the third period of a game six where they were winning three two handily, maybe that had like something to do with one. them not getting past it, past the the first round, or a puck getting tipped inches by Matthews in game six in overtime, maybe had something to do with it. Like I think it's pretty easy no to blame Jack Campbell, but 
But, I mean, he made some say. Like, I'm not Mr. Jack Campbell here, as you know. After I gave him $6 million for six years. She almost and then got. He, and then he was not good for four months. I just I think it's a pretty easy person to put it all on after he's left town. This man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. I, I it is revisionist to be like Jack Campbell's the reason because he was okay in the playoffs. Yeah, he was bad in the regular season and yeah. okay in the regular. And they could have won that series multiple times with yeah. him and that. All right, let's bring it back to uh, Mr. Bunting uh, and get his head coach's thoughts. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, again, for him, the challenge would be not to get caught up in anything else other than what he can control, everything we've been talking about here. You know, because it is different. It's different that, uh, you know, he was a guy that would come in the last season, there was a lot of question marks. Is, you know, could he establish himself in the NHL? It's a similar type of situation, Obey Kubel, and we were just speaking about in that sense, different types of players and different roles and all that, but their situation was uh, pretty similar. Um, now Bunce has clearly established himself as a, as a, a successful player and, and an integral part of a very successful line for us. Uh, now, you know, other teams know who he is. They respect his game. Um, officials know who he is. You know, all these kind of things, you know, that's uh, the second time around becomes a little more little more difficult on that, on that sense. But in the other part of it, you've got greater confidence in your ability and you know who you are and you know what you can what you're capable of doing so i think all of that uh will serve him well and the familiarity with his line mates and knowing that he has a clear and established uh, role on the team should help him just really focus to go out and do his thing i found it really interesting that he brought up that uh, the officials know who he Same is right now that that's the mean. first thing i thought of yeah. is like when you when coaches describe players then when does the officials come into play. Yeah, like the red flags are so obvious the Leafs are just talking about the red yeah, flags. Like Bunce a diver. You you exactly. <laughs> you you know where that's coming from, right? Yeah. It is. He's very unlikely to draw as many penalties this and, year. And and we uh we uh, we talked about it as early as uh gosh, early last well, season. You, you were on it early that he wouldn't continue to get those calls or that he didn't like it as much. Oh uh, gosh, it just catches up to you. Yeah. And he is good at it, and he will continue to draw penalties, no question. Yeah, I mean, some guys have a knack of of putting their bodies in the right position, uh, right time, uh, but he's going to have to curtail the the sales job on it. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that probably irked me more than anything, and this just doesn't go for Michael Bunting, but it goes for any other player, is is the slow drawn out back on my feet uh, right. move. The, you're sort of injured. Uh, w staying down on one knee for a split second, the head coming up, looking to the official, maybe the arms up a little bit. You don't like it. He's got to wipe that right off. Yeah. That's, that's the comment that Sheldon Keefe mentioned through the officials that he didn't say, that they're not, they don't like that. Mm -hmm. They... They're smart enough or they're good enough to make the call on their own. They don't need your help. Right. Yeah, a little insulting to those guys. So let me ask you a question on bunting. Is there a season he can put together where you're like, we got to have him? Like, we can't afford to just let him walk like we did all these other players. You know, this is a guy who has to be a part of this top line. Is there anything he can do? You know, last year he had 60 points and drew penalties. And is there something there for you? That he can do. 
win a Stanley Cup, get out of the first round. Team success. Somewhere in between there, for sure. Yeah. And I like him. I think he's an exceptionally smart, intelligent player. Uh, he's got really good timing. I think he's shown the ability to uh, create offense mm -hmm. with world-class players like Marner and Matthews. But there's still a part of me that goes into the Stanley Cup playoffs and, and question whether he's heavy enough to yeah. to withstand four rounds and not get bounced around. It's interesting because you mentioned this last year as well, but he, he got hurt at a bad time last year, didn't he? He played 79 games in the regular season, but he only played six in the playoffs. He missed a playoff game. I forget exactly what his injury was. But he only had a goal and two assists in the postseason after, you know, 63 points in the regular season. And I forget what the exact injury was, but it did sort of play out last year that he wasn't healthy when they needed him. Be curious yeah. to see if he can play this sort of physically engaging style, play that much hockey again, and then, yeah, continue to be effective in the postseason. Or they don't have many guys. He's important. He's important because he goes to the blue paint and he apps and he does something that not everyone else does. So need him healthy for sure. Need him healthy. Uh, I assume he got a little stronger you hope yeah this year had to have that uh maybe he can come off a little heavier for me uh than he did last season mm -hmm. but uh yeah, you play I, that same I, style in a perfect world on a on a championship team this time last year everybody was hoping that nick ritchie was going to be that heavy guy that yeah. uh that that Poor man, Lucic, that could drive holes for Matthews and Marner by going through people. Mm -hmm. That's not Bunting. Bunting's going to have a going to outsmart you to get the puck to go around you. Right. Do we see any of that on that left side at all for the Toronto Maple Leafs? I, I don't. But that to me would have been a better case scenario. Would have been a better Nick Ritchie in that in that hole they're hard to find we know that yeah. leafs never did find him rich was great um <laughs> rich is great rich went and had 10 goals in arizona he's in the first power play unit in the mullet arena this year that that to me is 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 there still that one guy missing of a of a real i think i'm I'll higher on bunting than you I think I'm higher on bunting than you just because I think there's different ways to accomplish what you're hoping that he does. And it's, it's a rat, you know, I don't mean rat in a negative way, but it's a rattier way, right? He'll sneak up behind you and he lurks and he gets in the blue yeah. paint and he, you know, it's not through you. It's a different sort of way, but he has to use his brain. He's a smart, smart hockey player. Uh, you know, they, you're right. They don't have that sort of bulldozer left wing type guy, but. And I thought in that uh, little speech there that he gave about, Bunting. It was a bit of a negative connotation that he was talking. Not necessarily negative, maybe not the right word, but it wasn't like glowingly positive. Talking about how people are going to be looking out for him, other teams, the rest. I think there's a world too where these guys have now played together for how long and they know each other. They've played great as a line, one of the best in the NHL. They just hit the ground running and he has an even bigger year. Mm -hmm. But like that, the flip side of that is that they're even better as opposed to the start of the year where he had to like work his way up the lineup. So I, yeah. I think that goes both ways. You're just getting now Matthews and Marner in that mid-20 prime, prime years where uh, the body's fully developed now or it's as strong as it ever will be mm -hmm. uh, for the next three, four, five years. 
And if Matthew somehow can even go to another level, I mean, 65, 70 goals, is it a stretch to think that? Is there a stretch to think that Marner can now go to maybe 110, 120 points? And if that's the case, then it's not going to be hard for Bunting to take his 60-plus points and turn them into 80. True. That's a really good point. If those guys are as good as they were last year, Bunting didn't start on that line. Matthews, what do you have, a goal in the first eight games? I don't remember. He missed, the first, and he missed the first couple. Was he, missed the first he had three a wrist games. thing to start yeah. the season, so he had a slow start. Like, if they just come out of the gates, yeah, there's an 80-point season on oh, the table yeah. for Bunting, in which case he's worth what? Five by five? Is he the next guy to go get the Hyman contract? Like, well, just Mikheyev just went and got four by four. All you have to do is the math around the league on guys 60 and 80 points. Yeah, you're 26, you got 80 points. Okay. That's five by five. Yeah, his agent, not his, even, uh, Bunting's agent's like, please, five by five. I'm, I'm eating. <laughs> I can barely eat. Ketchup sandwiches after his last bargain basement deal. How old is Bunting? 27 then, right now. Just turned. Bye bye, Bunting. Right? Yeah, you know what? You're, yeah, I, I see it too. I don't see a way unless they did. I mean, if they, let's face it. If they don't win this year, it's bye-bye Willie or bye-bye yeah. Morgan yeah. or bye-bye. Bye-bye Sam Mitch. watching the Leafs. Bye, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, and at that point, the bunting of, money is right? it's there, baby. You want it? <laughs> there's a lot of bye-byes. They either go deep or there's a lot of money for bunting. So now we're into handling expectations and they are high incredibly high let's get keep on handling those and we'll come out uh, and talk because i'm listening to our boy sammy uh before the show and i don't know he's talking about like less pressure this year than oh, before. Oh yeah, Sammy's all about how there's no pressure this but, season. Okay, all right, we'll save it for after <laughs> this comment because uh, I think Sammy hit his head uh, <laughs> on his honeymoon. We talk a lot about a daily process and make sure we focus on every single day as it comes. You know, the expectations are not a new thing uh, in Toronto, and and you know, our, this group in particular is used to dealing with that. So we don't. The way that we handle it is really just not to discuss it. We just focus on what's in front of us. And it's Montreal Canadiens here tonight on the road and want to start off the season on the right foot and be ready to play. Okay. Uh, Sammy, do you want to pick up with the expectations, the pressure? (laughs) I feel like this isn't something I should say (laughs) maybe on the first day of the Toronto Maple Leafs You already said you think they're going to win the Cup, so. But there's just, there's no way they can hurt me and Leafs Nation worse than they've heard us in the last five, six years. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> I just... Great clip. Like, what? I, what? They lost to their bitter rivals who stunk blowing a 3-1 lead I know. in the first round of the playoffs. They, you know, they lost last year to a team that eventually went to lose it in six games in the Stanley Cup Final and they were the better team throughout most of the series. They scored more goals in the series. Like, they were a better team for a lot of the series. Like... Outside of what? Missed the playoffs? Oh, okay. Like, oh, you, yeah, that'd be like a slow death like, rather right, than the... Whatever, like, oh, you lost in five games to somebody who sucks in the first round? You have to have oh, hope for like, it to hurt. I, I have no... I actually think that the expectations for this season are lower than they've been. Like, I know it's a big... I think it's a big year you're, for Dubis. You've lost me no, on that. It's a huge year for Dubis. Obviously, he needs them to do well. If they don't do well, he's probably gone. Probably Keith. Probably the whole thing. There's a lot of pressure on them. But, that's... but from a fan's perspective, like... 
whatever. Like, <laughs> I would have enjoyed it. No, uh, it's not whatever. It is. Be- like, no, because for the last, what, six, seven years, it's been you're crushed, but then you come in and, oh, by the way, um, you predicted the Leafs to win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah. And guess what? If they don't, it's just like every other year. No, it's not. Because this is the last year. Because if it doesn't happen, this thing gets blown up. And that hasn't happened in six years. There's been the build, the build, the build, the build. Lose, disappoint, come back next year, feel like you're going to be a, a cup contender or win it like you, you're doing this year. But this year means that this thing gets blown up. And where are you in the next five years if it gets blown up? Me? Uh, I'm probably watching the Leafs still. Sucking your thumb. <laughs> That's where you are. I was saying to but, Sammy that, like, it takes so many years of sucking as a franchise to get the best player in the league last year, Hart Trophy winner Matthews, and to get Mitch Marner and his 100 points and Nylander and Tavares. You have these guys now. The pressure for them to succeed and stay together and make it all the happy ending for this Thing. It's huge this Otherwise, year. Otherwise, it's Thelma and Louise here. It's so. Then what? That's Brendan Shanahan turning around to Kyle Dubas and say, "Hey, you wanted a contract. Guess what? You ain't getting one." And I certainly can guarantee you ain't getting one if we don't get out of the first round. And then where's the plan? So I understand the pressures on the team, and I think it's a two different conversations. I think the fans, like you said, those are great points about the blow up potential. I think the blow potential is definitely there because Dubis goes potentially, Keith goes potentially, a fresh set of eyes comes in, they start picking at things, maybe Willie, maybe whatever, Tavares, whatever. Narner and Matthews aren't going anywhere for the next two weeks. Well, we'll talk about Matthews maybe later. That's a different show. <laughs> but I just, like, as a fan, I really am just going into this season, looking forward to the season, yeah, hoping they're good, having some fun watching the team, and then when the playoffs get here, Maybe they'll get past the first round, or it's just the same thing as every other year. So, like, what do right. I have that's going to hurt me worse than the I, last year? I'm not going to agree with Sam, but I'm going to say this. That this season, everyone has said, we don't care what you do. We care about playoffs. We don't care. We don't care. See, I, I care. Yeah, well, we, we care. And we have people to care. care if the Leafs <laughs> suck. Yeah. What's that? We have to care because we talk about everything. I only care. care because what I see during 82 games will ultimately bleed into the first round. The problem over the last few years is they have been built for the regular season. And the vision that they they have had during 82 games is not the vision that you need to be successful in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I look at this roster, and there's parts of it I don't like over 82 games, but I like it more for the playoffs than I do 82 games. Right. For maybe one of the first times in a while. The bottom six looks more playoff built than regular season yes. built. The goalie. Oh. The so, goalie's more playoff built. Well, than, actually, yeah, you but, know what? I thought you were being funny, but now that you mention it. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't get to the playoffs without 82 games, and there has to be a sense of uh, needing these games. But I, I, I want to see style of play. I want to see different ways that they win over 82 games because it is a dress rehearsal for the real season. That's mm-hmm. what those 82 exhibition games are, providing you know, you're know you in the playoffs, which that won't be an issue for the Leafs. But yeah. 82 games, the way they play it, 
how they sometimes win games when they're not on, when they're tired, um, if if Austin's not playing, who steps up. Those are all things I'm I'm going to use 82 games on to judge how I feel about them going into the playoffs. I think that is the real risk this season is that we playoffs are all that matters, air quotes on that. The regular season is long. These guys know they're good enough. The team is going to be in playoffs. I mean, barring something totally unforeseen here. So how do you how do you stay up and you know you're talking about style of play? How do you play the style of play you need in playoffs is hard. It's hard, it's competitive, it's fast, yeah. bang, bang. How do you get them to play like that for all these hockey games? That's the challenge to me. And it goes back to the other clip we have about Kiefer talking about lesser teams. How do you get them to play that style and practice in the season the way it's going to look? Why don't we play that uh, quote from Sheldon on playing lesser teams? Because that's going to be the challenge for this team. Well, you know, it's certainly because we played so well against... A lot of the top teams in the league we were in a really good position uh where had we fared better against uh some of the teams that didn't make it you know could have made a, a significant difference in where we finished despite the fact that we set a franchise record in points so uh we were in a good spot going into the playoffs but it could have been better once again just speaks to dealing with every single day being prepared no matter who the opponent is or where we're at so let's get let's get that started tonight buffalo to me was Buffalo owned them last year, three and one against the Leafs. Said a lot. The team that first came to mind when he was talking there is Buffalo. I think of that stupid outdoor game. I think of they lost that game stunk, and they lost another one to the Sabers like right after that or right before that. Like there was a couple in there against the Sabers that really killed them. At least Matthews cross-checked Darlene in the neck of people like that. I think (laughs) that's about the only show of emotion. I I didn't. I shouldn't celebrate such things. And that is as much mental as anything else. Like those are the. That's you're not feeling great. No, you 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 gotta you gotta find a way to win those games. I'll be honest. That's something I struggled with as a player. I had a hard time convincing myself games mattered that didn't. I was a good playoff performer, and you know, game. It's hard. It's hard to make yourself. It's the criticism of Willie Nylander is that you know where is he when he's not fully engaged, and uh, it's a big. Big chore for Sheldon Keefe this year is getting this team engaged a lot of nights. The uh, the other thing that I kind of hold my hat on a little bit is uh, the past failures. I think Brendan Shanahan had in the past talked about uh, just needing to go through uh, and, and hardening uh, scar tissue moving forward. And there's just something that tells me that even a guy like Willie Nylander, who's probably one of those guys that has relied the most out of anybody on just his pure talent Mm -hmm. outside of anything else. I think even a guy like that can look into this season right now and go, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to the criticism if we don't find a way to get it done this year. Yeah. And I think Marner's there. I think Matthews is there. And I really believe that uh, as much as maybe they don't feel like playing certain nights, that is in the back of their minds. I, I, I think Willie can show a little bit more this year knowing this town and how tough it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't really want to experience that again. 
You know, we talked a lot last season about the quests for numbers. Marner was trying to get to 100 points. Matthews, they were trying to get him to 60 goals. I feel like those individual records, like those guys having great individual success, should alleviate some of the personal pressure on themselves to live up to what they were supposed to be. And now it's just a team thing. I mean, that's the hope. Yeah. And I, I just feel, I, just from a fan's perspective, I just feel that there's so much less vitriol towards these guys heading into this season than there was heading into last. It was a good showing last year. It was. They played a great team. It's like team. such a sin to say that for some reason. No, like, but, like, and it's hard to say it was a good showing, but they were played against, well against a really good team. They didn't have they had that one stinker in Tampa that was really bad. But outside of that, they played well in most of these games. It's just, and Matthews and Marner performed. I feel like them coming into this season, both of them, if healthy, obviously it's truly the caveat, of course, but that they are going to have monster years because they don't have the same... The view on them isn't as harsh as it was. Heading, mm-hmm. Remember when we were like five or six games into the year last year when they won that game in Chicago in overtime and what we were talking about and how bad they were? Like Two, four, and I, one. I see, pulled them, pulled I see them none of that this year going into this. Like, I really don't. Uh, and again, I, I look at the Leafs coming in this year and you can argue what you see on paper is better, worse, the same. But wherever, whatever side you are, I think it's it's marginal, mm-hmm. whereas either way, I look at even watching Tampa Bay, and I know that I, I we predicted that they were going to win this year. And like I look and I go Kucherov and Point and Hedman and Vasilevsky, and I'm like, yeah, they're they're going to be tough. But last night, I'm I'm looking at that blue line, and I'm like. I don't know. Maybe the guys are a little tired still, <laughs> yeah. you know, after the last three years. And, and if, if if Hedman goes down or somebody goes down, man, I, I look at that blue line and we talked about Ian Cole being out of the lineup and maybe he's in Saturday, maybe he's not, but it's uh, maybe yeah, they're, they're going to really miss Ryan McDonough. Yeah, they're rolling out Calfoot, Hayden Flurry, Philippe Myers. Those guys were in last night for him. Yes. You know, you're right. If you lose one to Hedman, Sergachev, or Chernak, it gets right? thin. And uh, McAvoy and Brad Marchand and uh, some issues in Boston. And they seem to have maybe bigger questions than even the Leafs going into this. Maybe it's just set up right now where this is it's looking pretty good yeah. in, in the Atlantic. It's really funny to, to, you know, I did not anticipate us talking as positively about this Leafs team as we have been given the first round disappointment yet again. So I guess there is the frustrating feeling of uh, of the long walk to get to the playoffs, but I liked what Sheldon Keefe had to say about you just got to be where your feet are for this Leafs team. And that's why I think it puts the Leafs fans in a position to enjoy this season. And just, you've got these superstars. You've got a team that's going to be pretty good. You might get frustrated with the goaltending. You're going to lose some hockey games. Canadians will beat you here or there. Whatever. but Maybe it, tonight. Maybe tonight. But by and large, you expect this team to win 50 times out of 80. You know, it it should be a fun season for the Leafs. We'll pick it apart. Fans don't have to. It should be fun on their end. Read, read an article today. I think it was uh, Dave Festcheck that said that the Leafs are the fourth oldest team in the league. Is that right? That core Does that is surprise not you? A little, yeah. Oh, true? I got blown away by that, it. No, that blows my mind. That makes me feel less. It's not good. <laughs> no, no, but it's good. It's good because it's not like there's Giordano who's old, but then it's not like they got a bunch of these like. Yeah. Uh, 
And then they just don't I, have the young Muzzin, guys Muzzin to 34. skew it down. Muzzin 33 or 34. Yeah. Sounds right. See, though, that's the they have old, no young that, guys that, that is a real. Outside of Sandine and Lilligren, who are 23. That, that may be a real question mark. Age. Just, or or, or, I, I don't even think about age. I just think of wear and tear. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, was it two games in the, the two days into camp? And he was already, he was like, oh, my back's not feeling great. Got, got a lot of miles on me. It's like, oh. not a great start to camp, but no. he's going to play tonight. So, Muzzin and Hall. And we are getting ready for it. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. Doug McLean, after the break, we'll check on his status. Where is he? And, uh, man, oh, man. What was that like experiencing? Hurricane Ian. Tough, tough. I look forward to talking to him. Doug McLean, after the break, real kipper and born. Make sure you subscribe to your podcast on iTunes and Spotify. We'll be right back. A reminder, real kipper and born on YouTube. I just remembered that. We're on YouTube. You just remembered that? Yeah. I've been staring we at had us like, all day. Uh, Sammy, like, we got like 400 people watching us right now. Did you get into the comments a little bit? I forgot there's a comment. I've been away too long. They have a comments, chat line. I, the chat is always delightful. There are some regular players in there who I enjoy. Good John to see Mitchell again. says, Kipper, back, Susie Q. Kipper working John on Mitchell, his two-way game analytics too. Yeah, look at you. You're, you're multi. I'm evolving, but. I'm evolving. <laughs> I am evolving. This is great. We All used right, to play the I'm a dinosaur we, Before clip. we no, get to Doug McLean, can we have one more pronunciation from the Toronto Maple Leafs, please? How about Jordy Ben? Is that a good one? <laughs> I'm Jordy Ben, pronounced Jordy Ben. And my nicknames, I've got a few. Uh, Benner, Benny, Joe Ben, and an old one, Darth. <laughs> Darth. <laughs> it's just a curveball at the end. Oh, and also Darth. Let's go to Pronounced our first. Darth. Let's go to our first guest, and um, can you please uh, directly into the microphone uh, say your name and pronounce it the way you would like it, please? My name is Doug McLean, and you won't have to worry about it because hopefully I won't be on that often. Ah. <laughs> uh, any 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 Clark, nicknames? As Clark, as Clark McLean just said to me. Uh, I didn't think they'd need you on the second show. I thought maybe they could get through a week without needing you, but <laughs> obviously that's the case. Uh, yep. Nicknames. You know what? I never, I never had a nickname in my life till I went to Toronto to work TV, and and you nicknamed me Mac, you and Millard, and that's the only nickname I've ever had in my life. Bug. I had a bug when I was a kid. I, you know, from Doug. But uh, hi, my name is Doug McLean, and my nickname is Mac. <laughs> would you uh uh you, you want a new one uh mac attack big mac no i'm 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 mad fine mac Doug. no i'm fine with that i think it's uh it just you know i just, i love mac you know like but isn't that bizarre i didn't have one a nickname till i was in toronto and you're the guy that yeah i always Millard, i think i'm not sure which one i was but, i know, always you were on top of it. i always found it that um it, when you really like somebody uh you nickname them it's fair uh, you know what <laughs> uh, that must be why because uh, ray ray shepherd when i coached ray shepherd uh, he had some nicknames for me and i'm not sure it's because he liked me yes or, or um or you can say them uh on on our show 
Exactly. Hey, okay. Yeah, that's okay. On a serious note, um, how are you? You you only have two places that you've lived over, I don't know, 20 years, 30 years, Florida and PEI. And, um, wow, both places got hit hard with the hurricane. So our first question is, are you okay? Is family okay? Everyone's okay? You know what? It was pretty, pretty bizarre. I've had a place in Florida since mid-'90s. Never there when a hurricane has hit. Never had any of our places really damaged from a hurricane. I've now gone through three hurricanes in PEI. Like, how bizarre is that? It was, it was, uh, it was pretty wild here. The North Shore, we're on the South Shore. North Shore got hit quite a bit harder. Um, but you know what? We, we were nine days without power. Wow. Pretty, pretty bizarre. Uh, nine days without power. There's still people two weeks since the hurricane, 3,000 households without power still in PEI. So it got hit. Charlottetown got hit extremely hard. I talked to a golf course owner the other day, Glasgow Hills. He told me they lost 750 trees on the course. Oh, man. So, you know, it, it, it's been devastating here. People's cottages right, taken right off the uh, foundations into the water. Um, you know, friends of mine lost 20, 25 feet of shore frontage uh, in my neighborhood here. Uh, so it, it wasn't, it was pretty ugly. 115 kilometer winds hitting our cottage. It was pretty bizarre, you know. Anyway, we're, everybody's, everybody's okay. Um, you know, for, you know, the older people that, you know, deny that uh, don't have power, it's, it's real inconvenience. But anyway, that's, that's, if that's the worst, we're lucky. Well, um, g- glad to hear uh, uh, you and the family are well, and let's just hope that uh, the road to recovery is a good one for, for many others. Um, on the hockey side, Mac, uh, prior to bringing you on, uh, we kind of ended a conversation by, by insinuating that maybe the Leafs have gotten better and stronger, not so much maybe with what they've done, but what others haven't done, like Tampa Bay, Boston, uh, is this the year that the Leafs uh, finish a, a, a top of their division, if not maybe challenge for first place overall? Well, you know what, I, it's it's going to depend on a few things, obviously, but I, I do like where they are. I look at their four lines, and I'm saying, okay, I, I don't mind the four lines. I, I still have a concern if they can play that the gritting game that's going to be necessary at times, but I, I, I kind of like the makeup. I still really question their back end. They, you know, Muzzin is a, is a question mark. Uh, you know, you love Morgan Riley, Giordano at his age, uh, injury prone. Not not Giordano, but a couple of the other guys. I, I worry about. That. I don't. I don't see that as a Stanley Cup back end. Um, but but you're you're right on the money. Florida are not as good as they were last year. I love the addition of Kachuk, but they're are not as good a team. They took four regulars out of their lineup. They haven't really replaced them other than Kachuk. So I think they've dropped off. Tampa without McDonough, to me, is a big hole, although he's slowing down, but it's a big hole. And Palat's a real important guy. Um, Boston are banged up to start the season. Um, they they have a legitimate, ta- you know, they have a legitimate ta- chance to, to win the division, in my opinion. Yeah, they do. Goaltending will be the big question mark. Like, am I wrong? I mean, I keep hearing rumblings that Washington players wanted Samsonov out of there. Um, 
Murray is a question mark for me with his injuries. We know he's talented. So, you know, some guys have got a lot to prove there. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, the goaltending thing is one that stands out to most people whenever, you you know, we've mentioned that this team could be good or better uh, compared to last season. So what are your thoughts on on teams making bets on goaltenders who aren't really number one guys? You know, I look at Colorado. They move on from Kemper, and they're going with Francois and Gorgiev. The Leafs are Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. You know, even Boston, Swayman and Allmark. Like, there's just not as many number ones as they were in the past. Is the position less important or just less predictable? What is it, Doug? Well, it's certainly not less important mm-hmm. to get to the playoffs. And we see that year after year after year that it becomes the most critical position in hockey, whether it's, you know, last year, you know, Kemper battled back and was good. Vasiliev Every year, these, you know, the Vasilevskis, the top guys, get teams there. I not less important. I mean, if you don't have it, you have major problems. And if the Leafs don't have great goaltending, they're going nowhere. Real question mark. But they're, you know, you know, you got Bobrovsky in Florida is a question mark. Tampa is not a question mark. Uh, the Rangers don't have a question mark in goal. But there's lots of teams in the East that do. It's is it a harder position to be wrong on than it would be a defenseman or a forward? It's just to me now more teams and their unwillingness to put in big bucks in that position if in fact you get burned. And I only think of Bobrovsky as being a, a prime example. Uh, Brizgalov, if we want to go years back, but like. I don't know how many teams are willing to do this. Um, even Montreal with Carey Price. It was, yeah, a big number, but it's coming. it came back to bite them. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, but it's the same everywhere. Like, you know, we've got this salary cap situation, and we look at, okay, Goudreau ends up in Columbus, and, this guy ends up here, and that guy ends up there. Why do they end up in these places? Because it's the only teams that have got the money to sign them in a reasonable mm. area where they want to be. I mean, this cap thing is, you know, you get caught in a situation like Toronto's in. It's not because they don't want to put the money towards a goaltender in Toronto. It's simply they can't put the money to a goaltender in Toronto. They simply can't go there. I mean, they, I mean, They've got two years with Murray. You know, we'll see how that works out. But it it, it takes away from the big defenseman. They probably will need to be a Stanley Cup contender. Who wins a Stanley Cup without the big horse on the back end in the last 20 years? It happened in Carolina once. Where else has it happened that you've won a Stanley Cup without a big horse on the back end? Can can Morgan be that big horse and... and and find someone else besides uh, Jake Muzzin to to follow up. There, there's always a one-two punch, and we saw the most recent one with Makar and Taves in Colorado. But do the Leafs need to find someone to help support Morgan Riley that isn't Brody or Muzzin or Hall or Geo? I mean, that was like, to me, I, I, you know how, I, what I think of Morgan Riley. I, I love what this guy brings to the table. I love all kinds of things about him. But he needs help. I don't have, 
still is a number. But yeah, because I, I he needs help because he's not the bona fide number one guys need help. Nick Lidstrom needed help. Bona fide number one guys need help, and he to me is not a bona fide number one. He's a number two for me. So he really needs help. He needs some good support with him, and you know he's paid like he's not a number one guy for me. I mean he's not in that seven eight million range. You know, what is he, five and a half, six? No, no, he's um, he's seven and a half now. Well, okay, he's paid like a number one guy, I guess. Well, then. he's on but the I mean, bottom I, end he, of the I, number I ones. Him, I, he's at the bottom end of the numbers. But I, I don't have him as a, the pure number one. So, yeah, he needs help. And, yeah, he needs a Muzzin-type guy with him, but not a Muzzin-type guy that's not there when you need him. And that's not Muzzin's fault. Muzzin's had a hell of a career. He was an unbelievable support guy for Dowdy at times. But he's not there right now because he's had lots of injuries the last few years. And it's a real question mark on this back end. His health. For sure. Along with Giordano's health at, at 39. I mean, who knows what where he's going to be. And, you know, you get the kids even that have had some health problems. So that's a real question mark for me as the back end. And I, I hope. You know, I still like their team. I still think they have a chance to be a great regular season team. And we'll see how they play as to whether they're going to be a real playoff team. they got to learn to play in the playoffs, boys. And they have not learned to do that yet. You know, everything you're talking about there relates to me to Florida Panthers, Ekblad, you know, talking about a number one guy, injury prone, and what they did this offseason. You know, you... Nick mentioned looking around the league or looking around the division and thinking everyone got a little worse. What did you make of Florida's trade? I know you like Chuck, but you know, moving from uh, off Mackenzie Weger, Jonathan Huberto, a first round pick, a prospect. What, what did you make of that? Cause it affects the Leafs chances. Just what's happened with Florida here. I, I mean, you loved what you saw with Florida last year and Billy Zito did a, a good job. And then what was he thinking about? Okay, they didn't score a power play goal against Tampa. Okay, fine. So he gets rid of his coach, who did a who, who came in in a tough situation and did a really good job. And then he brings in. I like Paul Maurice, but I don't think he's a great coach. Sorry, I don't think he is, and I I think the world of Paul. But I he's not at the top of my list for a coaching candidate. I'll tell you that. Not even close. And then. He takes away, look, your, your team is based on how many stars you have, superstars you have, how many impact guys you have, how many NHL regulars you have, how many less than NHL regulars that can be role guys. That's what you base your team on. They have lost four or five regulars out of their lineup and replaced them with one. How does that make any sense? Look at their back end. That back end is not a Stanley Cup back end right now. And up front, you know, they took they took four guys, five guys out of their group, and they got declared hurt. So to me, they're not. They're, to me, they've got their hands full being in the playoff race at times. I'm serious. I think they've dropped off that much, especially when you got to oh. count on Bobrovsky. Hey, what do you think of they Brendan? Drop, Ch- boys, you look you. You look at their overall ratings, top to bottom of their lineup. If you did a rating on every team, how many NHL top guys? They have dropped dramatically in the group, boys, in my opinion. 
What do you think of Brendan Shanahan? Anyway. What do you think of Brendan Shanahan saying no to Kyle Dubas on an extension and making him play this out? Is there anything in the past through your 20, 25 years experience that have seen similar scenarios that um, that played out this way? And the second follow up to that, Mac, is uh, you know Justin mentioned the other day. How does this affect? making decisions moving forward for him, knowing uh, contracts on the line? Well, look, Kyle's a young guy. It's not, it, it may not be the end of the world. Here, here's what I don't get. I watch this organization throw money around like it's, like it's nothing. Come on. I see it every week, whether it's hiring umpteen guys in the front office. It's umpteen assistant GMs. It's umpteen. It's a hey, bunch of BS no, the way they hey, spend is, money. Is five, and, five strength and conditioning coaches not enough for you? No, they hire just strength and then they hire conditioning coaches. They're separate. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. So listen, come on. You, what you do to not... So what's the difference if they have to give Kyle an extra couple million dollars? Like, are you kidding me with the way they throw money around? Brendan would spend his salary on dinners out, for God's sake. You know, so come on. The, to save this aggravation of where this could go if the team stumbles and the aggravation it's going to cause everybody, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it either, I and mean, I don't even understand how, how does that work? Like this guy is going to potentially go to a trade deadline where he's going to look at trading first round draft picks and Nick Robertson and, you know, like big, I mean, big implications for the future of the franchise. You're right. It is surprising. And if they don't want him to be the guy making those decisions, haven't they already made up their mind on him? It's just strange to me. Well, yeah. Or, or it's that maybe somebody in the, in manage or in ownership finally said, Hey, we're not, we're not extending them. And Brendan, you can't extend them. Is that possible? I can't believe that mm -hmm. with, like I said, the way they throw money around, but you know what? It, it's, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me. And you're right. What you just said, um, you know, you go into a trade deadline and you're in the last legs of your contract. I mean, I was in it one year where if I got to, deal was February 1st, if I still had the job, I got an extra year at it. That's that's the worst I was ever in, in a, in a contract situation. Can you, can you repeat not, that? I, I missed not it. Not can, can you repeat that? It was, if I was, if I was, a, if I was a GM at February, in February 1st, I got an extra year at it to my deal. That's oh. what I was in. That's the worst case I was ever in. You know, do, do, uh, so, you know, I, who, who knows what they are, does where, any, where they does are, anyone, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. Do, do you or, or Justin, do you guys feel like, is there anything that, that Kyle can show Brendan and the board between now and say Christmas or February that uh, says, yeah, we're going to give you an extra year. I mean, for me, if they if they come out and they're leading this division at Christmas, I think that there's a no-brainer. It's like, okay, this guy, we're going all in. They're first in the Atlantic. They're, we hope to win a Stanley Cup now. To make decisions about our future, we have to, this guy's going to be a part of the future. you got to commit to him at that point. 
So, you know, it'll be fun to watch what they do because it's going to become, it, it, it's going to become a major issue as you just, you guys just alluded to at the deadline, it's going to become a major issue and it's going to become something that's going to be played up in the media all year long. And I like how Kyle handled it. He said, look, I, I'm not worried about it. I'll, I'm not going to let it become a distraction. Well, maybe Kyle won't let it become a distraction, but I bet you at breakfast in the morning it may come up because it used to come up at my breakfast. Uh, you know what we're living in our 29th house right now in this illustrious career of yours are we going to be moving to our 30th house or are we going to be able to stay in this house which is our 29th since i started in the league you know see i i was smart the first year i went to a city i would rent the second year i would buy and then the third year i'd get fired You'd sell. So then I started to buy. <laughs> I started. I started to buy. I used to start to buy the first year I was in a city. So then I'd at least be able to stay there for three years. You know. So anyway, what's another distraction in the city of Toronto? Come on. <laughs> they love it, and you know what? I just I have such a hard time believing that they haven't tacked the year on. What's the difference? Seriously, like I said, come on. Six strength coach, you gotta have. <laughs> and I'm scared to ask how many masseuses they have. Like oh, that would God. that would really scare me if I found that out. Anyway, um, okay. we've added another uh, year to your deal. I want you to know that right now. <laughs> I'm like Kyle. If you don't, it won't be a distraction. I promise. <laughs> I will not let it become a distraction. You're gonna be just fine, eh? Well, listen, you're going to be a regular contributor here whether you like it or not, okay? Oh, my God, but seriously, I read the Toronto Star today. It was such an inspiring article. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a writer I now. I absolutely loved it. I am a writer right now. I know I know you're, you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into it about your, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know you were well, a great listen. English, a great writer, but I'll tell you what. You shock me. You shock me. There's no way John Shannon's blog he used to write could touch that that <laughs> you wrote. And I guarantee you, you had editors helping you. Uh, last time I checked, Justin, you've got a book coming out. Mac, you got a book coming out. A lot of pressure on you guys. <laughs> I didn't know I was yeah. competing against you, Kipper. This changes things. There you go. This is interesting. All right, listen, uh, you're, are you holding tight? Are you traveling in the next little while? Where are we going to find oh, you for you our next hit? No, we're actually, we're actually uh, loading the RV. We're heading out on Saturday. We're heading to the Laurentians for three days, and we're going to the Adirondacks for a couple of days, and we're going on to uh, the Shenandoah Mountains for a couple of days, and then we'll head make our way to Florida. So we'll be a couple of weeks on the road. So it's uh, – look, I said the other day with the boys I, – I, I played golf the other day. It was 48. I said, boys, we have a rule in Florida that if it's under 60, we don't play. I'm done with the 40s playing golf here. Anyway, hey, um, so we're out. Uh, have you checked we're on the road? Have, have you checked the reception in all these places? Because you know you got to work on this show. What I say when I get to a campground is there a campground? What's the most treed, non-serviceable? <laughs> your highest location. Yes. Yeah. But, okay. but but at my age, put me closest to the bathroom. Appreciate you thinking so highly of us here on the Real Kipper and Born Show. All right, Mac, Mac Attack, Big Mac. 
Yakka yak. Hi, my name is Doug McLean, and my nickname is Mac. My nickname is Doug McLean. <laughs> Safe travels, and we'll catch up to you soon, Doug McLean. Take care, guys. Thanks, Mac. You know, I, I know we got to get to break here, but just one more thought on um, on on Kyle Dubis. You know, this could, if if they have a season like we think that they might, right? This could flip real fast, where all of a sudden the media starts piling on that uh you know you could lose this guy mm -hmm. you're right yeah you're like hey since he's been here they're the 107 points 115 points they're even better this year well you're gonna get rid of this guy and and i don't know how many teams would be looking for an upgrade or, or change it well, and that's what i was gonna young ask. demographic and checks all the box he's super sensitive he loves his players he follows ambulances out of the building like he, he, he could owners could look at him and go well, i'll take him you got to believe wherever he goes next will be just the greatest thing ever for him a fresh start out of the toronto market with all the experience of having been here you know with all the lessons he's learned without having the intense scrutiny you know who knows where it will be but you got to think wherever he goes, he'll be able to take a deep breath and exhale. He, there's no doubt he'd be a coveted guy. Yeah. He'd get a job quick. Done pretty well. Let's see how they do tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what if this team stinks? What if they're just brutal? Uh, then what? <laughs> all right, we'll get Jim Ralph to weigh in on all of that after the break. He's getting set to call the game tonight as well. Jim Ralph, after the break, you're listening to Real Kipper and Born and watching it on YouTube. are back all cylinders are pumping including youtube now they tell me we're on sportsnet now sn now premium buy it i don't know that's not bad thank you <laughs> sounds good there uh i think we hit like close to 500 people on our youtube channel for our first show of the year day one day and one and they're all screaming and they're all screaming for a sammy cam still we just that just never happened, huh? Well, that was a highly discussed. It was. I think it was a. It was going very well until someone did the the research on maybe uh, seventy five grand. <laughs> yeah, the ROI and then the return on that investment to see Sam McKee. Like, eh, we don't need to see K. Sammy that badly. <laughs> no. So I seventy five bucks they'd have done. When it. I heard that they bailed on the Sammy cam at yeah. seventy five, I said, "Could we hire like a sketch artist?" Mm -hmm. And we'll draw Sammy uh, for two hours, and then we'll post it at the end of the night. It's like that Tom Brady sketch artist that that really blew up. We'll just have Sam sketches. I actually I'll, I'm gonna take a picture for the people at home at some point when Sammy's talking next. You know who's hat on. You know who's oh, not, not even I was talking to you guys. You know who's not sketchy, Jim Ralph. Well done, <laughs> Ralphie. Are you ready? Kipper, Borny, yeah, you gotta leave Sammy alone. I was actually just giving him some marital advice. <laughs> What's the first piece of advice for Sammy from a guy like you? Well, I just said that, you know, treat her well because I said you always remember your first marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You always remember your first. Well, we are in the betting world now. Uh, uh, over under on Sammy. <laughs> oh, <no>. 1.5 <laughs> wives for McKee. So, yeah, I can, I can give you the over under on me. <laughs> Ralphie, um, 
you know, one thing that was kind of uh, apparent last year was this thing with the Leafs and playing down to their opponents. And um, is there fear that if that happens again, then uh, that'll that'll affect your call as well? You'll, you know, you'll go down right there with them. I mean, is is there a sense? Is there a sense against Montreal that uh, we'll find out? Well, first of all, Kipper, I was always the opponent people played down to. So I'm not, I've never been on the other side of it. <laughs> they, uh, I mean, you know what, what's funny though, even, even though you say that they still set a record for franchise wins and franchise points. So, um, you know, we're, we're probably going to make reference to this all through the season. It doesn't matter whether they set another record or, uh, whether they win the president's trophy or they barely get in, they're going to be judged, uh, in April, but bottom line is you got to get there and, and really, a lot of their troubles were, were early in the season that they uh, they struggled without Austin Matthews, and you know finally found it uh, you know as the season went on. So uh, I, I don't know if it's um, I think it was a concern when you blew three one lead to Montreal in the playoffs that uh, you know you couldn't take advantage of a lesser opponent. But um, I, I think it's a little too early to be worried about that. Jim, I was surprised in doing this show with Kipper and Sammy, and the three of us are all you know, believers in this year's Leafs team, at least in the regular season and the way that they're built when there's a pretty significant change in net to a guy in Matt Murray who hasn't really had success since, I don't know, 2017 or whatever it was in Pittsburgh. What are your thoughts on how greatly that affects this season for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, well, I mean, you do have to consider to, you know, to go from winning the Stanley Cup and, and playing with Sidney Crosby to uh, going to Ottawa and rebuild and everything else. And, uh, I think that's, uh, for a goaltender, it's a pretty tough way to, to reset your mind. You know, instead of saying, you know, we've got a core group of guys here in Pittsburgh and we can get back into the playoffs and we can do something to, you know, just try to be good enough not to embarrass yourself for the franchise as we're going through this rebuild. And I know Ken Dryden in his book, uh, The Game, um, made reference to the fact that he said he thought there were good, good team goaltenders and there were good, bad team goaltenders. And I think Denny Heron was one of the uh, the examples he used. When Denny Heron played in Pittsburgh, he got 50, 60 shots a night and gave up three or four goals. And when he went to Montreal, he got 15 to 20 shots a night and gave up three or four <laughs> goals, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, so I, I think there's, there's going to be an excitement with him that, um, you know, maybe you give up a bad goal to start. There's enough firepower in the lineup to, to bail you out. So, um, you know, I, I, I almost actually feel for him the same way you felt for Jack Campbell, that it's a guy that, that has a, a new start and a, a chance to, you know, rejuvenate his career. So, so that's what you hope happens. And um, I, I don't know if I'm, I fully buy into the we want a, a two-goalie system at the start. I know Peter Morazic screwed that up last year, getting hurt in his first game. But um, I still think Matt Murray, they figure with, you know, the difference in contracts and everything else has got to be their number one. I, funny you should say that. I wrote an article on that uh, available on Real Kipper. Uh, download it. I, I would have. Yeah, I, I know. I steal everything. There you go. <laughs> I would have come out right away, Ralphie, and said, he's our number one. We think he's ready to give us 55 games this year. Samsonov can come in and and be that backup goaltender. I mean, you've played the position at a professional level. Uh, you know, is there, is there a chance that, uh, that these guys look at each other and, and just fight like crazy for this net? Is that, is, is that a healthy thing? 
Um, I think it depends on the relationship. Um, you know, I've, I've played with guys that would come to you after and say, I, I can't believe you're playing again. <laughs> <laughs> on way, Please what? tell me you're joking. You know, yeah. Uh, no, no, that, that's honest to God. Just, oh my I actually God. Had one, I had one guy at a, a training camp, uh, my first training camp in Toronto, uh, who came up to me at training camp and introduced himself. And he says, I remember you in junior. He says, you were good then. Oh. I'm going, what? So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if it's like that anymore where guys will play head games with the other goalie, but, uh, you know, I, I think that's why everybody loved Jack Campbell because Jack seemed like he was genuinely thrilled for anybody that did anything well. But it, um, you know, it, it can be healthy, but um, I think the bottom line is, is whoever might settle into the number two role, you, you've got to accept it and not pout and, uh, if you're Sam, if it happens to be Sam Sonoff, then maybe you're playing for a contract with somebody else next year. So um, it's never bad, but you know the the, the thing about goaltending: if the other guy gets a start, um, you want him to do well enough so that you don't have to go in that night. <laughs> Just well enough, so you don't have to go in. Just well enough, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So looking at you know the changes beyond there, because that is it all hinges on that for them, and I understand that, but they did make some moves. You know, whether it's Zach Aston Reese or Callie Yarncrock or Nicholas Abe Kubel. But the one I want to ask you about is Dennis Mulgan. Dennis Mulgan's going to play left wing with John Tavares and William Nylander coming out of the Swiss League. What are your thoughts on the long term future of that? Like, is that something you expect the Leafs or the Leafs may want to do long term? Or is this just sort of, I don't know, because we got nothing else? What's going on here? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I was a firm believer out of camp that, that you were going to see Robertson there. I mean, I understand one has to clear waivers and the other didn't. Um, so I, I think that might be sort of a, um, I don't know, 10-game tryout uh, to see if he fits right. in and he can contribute. Uh, because I, I don't think uh, they're going to waste a lot of time on pulling the trigger and getting Nick Robertson back. So uh, I, I, I was a little, a little surprised by that. I know Malgan had some nice moments in preseason. But you think, well, maybe he's, he's a better player than they had his first time around here in Toronto when he got into eight games. But, um, you know, I think that's that's going to be one of those, if, if he goes nine or ten games with just a, a handful of points even, and uh, maybe Tavares or Nylander aren't off to a great start, I think I think you might see that switch pretty early. We're joined by Jim Ralph, Toronto Maple Leaf Radio color analyst. Uh, in terms of carrying the majority of the weight, we know where that's going to lie. Uh, how much better... Can guys like Matthews and Marner, Nylander get even even Tavares? Can he can he take a seventy plus point season and turn it into eighty or ninety? Yeah, even even the goal totals, Skipper. I think we're uh, with the twenty seven goals, we're the second lowest of his career. You know, so I I mean I think that's where you'd like to see a step up, even if it comes on specialty teams more. Um, you know, uh, on Matthew's standpoint, I think Pavel Bury was the last guy to have back-to-back 60-plus goal seasons. So I think if Matthews gets 53, uh, we should not be throwing our hands up in the air saying, my God, he's not worth the money he's getting. <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's, uh, yeah, I think you'd, you'd like to see a little more potency out of the second line for sure. And uh, I mean, the one guy that, and again, it's just preseason and, and I do know how important preseason games are because I used to play in them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but Willie Nylander looked like he was the best player on the ice. 
Uh, Like it really looked like, okay, here's the difference between an NHL superstar and a lot of American league guys or juniors that are are just filling out rosters. So uh, Willie might be the one that, you know, is going to generate, um, you know, an outburst that will affect John Tavares as well, because he he just, he looked far and away um, the most dominant player on the ice. And, you know, we'll we'll see if that translates. That's the one tough thing about preseason is you're not playing with the full NHL lineup against the full NHL lineup. So, you know, the first, the first two or three weeks is really, to me, um, the way training camps used to be, you know, where, but, you know, it took uh, a lot less time in the old days to get down to the, uh, you know, the 20 or 23 guys you're going to carry into the regular season. Well, their first opponent tonight is the Montreal Canadiens, which what a interesting team they are this season. Marty St. Louis, his first full season as coach, coming off finishing 32nd. They got the first overall pick in the lineup and a decor made up of a lot of names that you aren't familiar with. What I mean, the expectations aren't high. What do you think, you know, what do you expect to see, though, from Montreal this season? What are the goals for this team, even? Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd say the playoffs are, are a long shot. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think it's like anything else. And, and under Marty St. Louis, you want to see an improvement. You know, uh, Cole Caulfield might be the perfect example of somebody that uh, was strongly under another coach, and uh, Desharm paid the price for that. Uh, but then you saw Marty St. Louis come in, and, and you saw the young guys improve. So, uh, you know, they're going to have some rocky moments, but, um, you know, I, I think they want to be a team that um, can cause trouble for, for some of the elite teams on any given night. So I, I think it's it's sort of a process that they they have to buy into. Um, it's probably as patient a fan base as Toronto is, you know, as far as wanting results a little quicker. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, people realize what they've got and, even though you've got some veteran presence up front, I think I think they could uh, be in for some tough nights. The last uh, couple of days, uh, b- building up to the Toronto Montreal game, we've had some conversations on uh, the first pick overall, Slavkovsky. Uh, he's slated on uh, your call tonight to go with uh, Dvorak and and Brendan Gallagher. Uh, one thing's apparent here: there's a first pick overall, say in uh, New Jersey or Buffalo, and then there's one. In Montreal, uh, your thoughts about him starting at, at the third line, and uh, and whether or not uh, this guy should be in the American Hockey League at this point. Well, what's wrong with the American Hockey League, Kipper? Uh, it's good for guys like me and you, <laughs> but not first pick overalls. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I'll admit, just watching the preseason, there was nothing that jumped out at you. Um, you know, we talk about Nylander, uh, you know, but now now a veteran in the league. Uh, look dominant. Um, you know, Brendan Gallagher is a guy that's got to get going too. So, you know, maybe they find some sort of chemistry or some sort of magic where they can uh, uh, put some numbers up. But, um, you know, that that might be, uh, again, another, what's he got, nine games, ten games yeah. at the start. So, um, yeah, they're, they might have the uh, magnifying glass on him. But, I mean, just from what we saw in preseason is all we can go by there. There didn't appear to look, you know, to be anything extraordinary. And though, if you ask me, Austin Matthews, what he looked like in the preseason before his uh, debut in Ottawa a number of years ago, I'm not sure I can tell you. I remember that either. Yeah, fair enough. It's uh, not always the most inspiring hockey in preseason total. 
Still, though, looking around Canada at some of the other teams here, uh, the Battle of Alberta this season is really shaping up to be a doozy and one that we've got our eye on a little bit as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on Edmonton, on Calgary? You know, is, is Toronto the, got the best chance to win a Stanley Cup uh, in Canada for us, or is it one of those two teams? Oh, I don't know. I mean, the uh, I'll tell you one thing. Brad for a living did a, a magnificent job. Didn't he? Uh, and then, I, I mean, I, I pretty much live for Daryl Sutter's sound clips after every game or after every <laughs> practice anyway. But, uh, you know, I think Brad did an incredible job to replace uh, Kachuk and Gaudreau, you know, at least the best he could. And I um, and then, Kipper, you tell me if you're with me on this. Uh, I don't think there's there's any chance that Gaudreau and Kachuk didn't know at the end of last year they wanted out. That they, I mean, they knew ahead of time. You know, for, and I, for me, I, Ralphie, I, no different than Tavares knew leaving the Islanders. And yeah. and these guys, uh, there, there's plenty of time to be groomed on how to handle it, say the right things, and uh, and then just get out of Dodge. Yeah, but how, how committed are you in the playoffs, knowing you're probably gone next year? That, that was sort of my point with how uh, Calgary went out um, in the postseason. And then, you know, when Daryl Sutter made the comments about uh, he was asked the difference, I believe it was between Kachuk and Toffoli. Yes. One's one Stanley Cup, one didn't. Yep. And I think that's what it was pointed at, that, you know, one guy, you know, committed to the team and the process and uh, wasn't looking elsewhere during that process. So um, but that's why I think uh, Calgary might, you know, I don't know if you would have said uh, a couple of years ago, okay, here's here's the changes that Calgary's going to make from one year to the next. Uh, are they going to be better? And I think because of that, um, because you've got Huberto that, that wants to commit and, and Nazem Kadri is going to be great for them, um, I, I think they're probably a stronger team than they were a year ago. And as far as Edmonton, um, it's hard not to cheer for Jack Campbell. You right. know, that, um, you, you sort of you know look at it or – for 1.6, he was your number one guy for two years and probably feels that, uh, uh, you know, he wasn't respected the way he would have liked to be to stay in Toronto. So it's hard not to, to cheer for that guy to, um, you know, maybe take Edmonds into the Stanley Cup Finals as well. Hard not to cheer for you, Ralphie. Well, keep cheering. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have a great call tonight, okay? Okay, we'll see you in a bit. All right. Thanks a lot, Jim Ralphie. Ralph. Color analyst for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Man knows his stuff. Edmonton's blue line's okay for you. Good enough to win the division. Nurse, Cody Cece, Kulak, Barry, Bouchard. <laughs> you don't sound very inspired. Well, it just seems to be a little bit of an ongoing thing in the National Hockey League is that no one's really thrilled with their blue line, but there's only so many ways you can slice a pie. Well, it's funny because you're right. No one is really thrilled with their blue line. And then a team that you would say is Colorado. Colorado's loaded, right? I mean, it was Josh Manson and Kale McCarr, Gerard who got hurt, but there's Byram. There's just a long list. Devin Taves, like a, they love their D in Colorado. And they win a Stanley Cup. Tampa Bay in the past has had an unbelievable decor with Hedman and Sergachev and Chernak and McDonough. And they win cups. You know, it does sort of seem to be a theme that no one loves their D, but the teams who love their D, weird, they have some success, you know? 
The other thing, too, is when we look at, say, Calgary's blue line, uh, the biggest addition, uh, Mackenzie Weger. Of course, he signs a huge $50 million contract. And the sense in Florida is they did not like him. What's up with that? Uh, Zito was not a fan. You know, I heard that too. I, I heard that just that there was some sort of personal grudge. No, I, well, what's personal? That they think that uh, he doesn't defend well? Well, he's prone to the big blunder, like the Jake Gardner disease, yes. right? Where you're awesome all the time, awesome all the time, and then it's like, oh, well, what happened there? Well, and... But he's so good. Yeah. Maybe two offense for them in Florida that he wasn't taking so care of the right side. Him with no one? Uh, someone said that uh, they had Keith Yendel. They didn't want to go through the same thing with Uyghur. Oh, God. I'm just, I'm, I'm just telling you what I heard. Yeah. And you know, we, I heard that the guys yeah, yeah, on the team are not happy right, with, yeah. with him being shipped out, though. Like, he's a good hockey player. I just signed a $50 million contract, and he's just gone. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play because mm. I have him bet better or more complete than Yandel. Oh, yeah. Yandel was just a power play guy. Yeah, great one at that in his prime. Awesome. But at the end, yeah, not as not as effective. But boy, Uyghur skates. He breaks the puck out. He does lots of good things. And yeah, he's, he makes the odd big blunder. But I don't know. I just, I, I think that, you know, Kipper, I, I had heard that in Florida, they the guys are not happy yeah. about how that happened. Like that, that they moved on from Huberto and Uyghur and a first-rounder, and a prospect to get a good player. It's a lot. I like I like the the unpredictability of Zadorov in Calgary, too. Like, this <laughs> this guy could take your head off yeah. in the year 2020. Just run, 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 running around. Uyghur, Tanev, you, you know, Hannafin, Anderson, yeah. Zadorov, Stone. It's a good group. And the other guy, too, uh, with the Islanders, uh, who, who just left Montreal, uh, Romanov. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's another one that can run around a little bit. You got to keep your head head up with these guys. They're yeah. they're they're far and few now. You like Truba a lot too. Oh well, Truba's another level though. Yeah, and and we certainly uh, got a good look on that New York Ranger team last night against Tampa Bay. Is um, they look big? Is, they look fast. Is Mika Zibanejad the best player on earth? Like oh. what? What was that performance? He had nine shots last night. Find me. A worst trade oh my in God. the last, how far you want to go back? 20 years? What was it again? 25 years. Broussard. Broussard. For? And a second. No, oh. Zabanajad. And a second. And a second. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, was there any more to that? That was it. Oh, no, and they, uh, I think, I think uh, whoever, who they traded? They traded him to the Rangers. They threw him in, they threw in a, se a seventh round pick. Seventh. Yeah. I think that was worth it. Yeah, I would say the Rangers That's came out okay. Crazy, then. that is. So the bandage just keeps getting better. Though. I mean, I guess so. You could say Kerfoot and Tyson Berry for uh, Cadre, but the, I mean Kerfoot's been a contributor yeah. for a long time. I guess. Oh gosh, yeah, that one, that one wasn't great. In terms but it's not of even close. But it's not even close. But it's not even close. Not even the same conversation. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that Rangers team is is scary. There's a lot of talent there. You know, we're talking about back ends. That Keandra Miller is a good player. Yeah, you I know they they like uh, Lindgren. Obviously, Adam Fox is Norris guy. I like that team a lot, and I really enjoyed watching them play last night. And they have so, maybe the best goalie in the league too. Yeah, that shot hurt. Tampa forty to twenty at one yeah. point. I don't that know what that finished. Keandre Miller, 
could easily be one of those guys. The next thing we're we're seeing him sign a like a, a seven or eight year deal. At, he could uh, get a Matthias Samuelson at, contract. <laughs> you think he's worth that? Matthias, who money? Matthias, <laughs> that guy in the Sabers signed a seven year deal. Matthias Samuelson. What did he get? He Set, got yeah thirty got million, 30 million for, seven, for years. seven, which is what four two four point seven five. I, I like him a lot. You like him? You have thoughts? I do. I ha- I couldn't give you one opinion. I do. I, I like the sweater uh, he wears. Big, strong, shutdown guy. Uh, watching him against the Toronto Maple Leafs last year, I saw a potential uh, Nashville at home. <laughs> and listen, I know they're going to have some big tickets coming up, and so they're taking a risk on a guy saying, all right, if we can get this guy under contract now, we're banking on him being an $8 million level guy and we're going to save money on him by doing this now it's the only way you can manage your team right now is to take big risks. hedge yeah you gotta take these risks you have uh, you many have to project played, i don't know 50 yeah 50, like 50, 50 plus i don't think he scored his first nhl goal yet there's there's risk <clears throat> and then there's that like there's there's gambling there's like signing these contracts you think what chica tried to do in arizona was signing all those guys I, early there's uh, risk. Uh, there's Twenty-two this. years old. I like six four two thirty. I really, I really like locking him in on on seven years at what little over four. When you know that the cap's going up, now you know that when it does go up, mm. I can spend it somewhere else. Yeah. I don't have to worry about this guy. Fifty-four games, no goals, twelve assists, but Minus you know now <laughs> I think the Rangers should go back and 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 visit this when they have the opportunity for for miller because mm-hmm. if this guy has a year that i think he could have uh, then he jumps into six yeah six and a half yeah i think you're gonna see a lot of teams betting on players breaking out and becoming something more um we haven't seen teams miss on this a, a whole lot have we like on young guys like this i remember you know i'm an isles guy i was in bridgeport in 2008 and I remember they signed Franz Nielsen before he had played NHL games to a four-year contract for like five fifty a year. He was great for them. I mentioned I mentioned Andrew McDonald. I mentioned Chaika did it with like he did the Chikrin one right really early, wasn't he? Yes. And didn't he do Dvorak? Not Dvorak. Um, what's there's the other guy they got there? The other uh, Keller. Keller. Didn't he give Keller a long-term one too? Am I crazy? Let me I don't look know, this I don't, up. I don't know exactly. You know, uh, as much as uh, the Rangers were really good, you know who the first star was last night in that game? Mm. Chris Rooney, the official. What did you guys think of that? The (laughs) the game opening soliloquy. Did Did we end up clipping that? We got it. Okay, so before puck drop on the first game of the season, which was not the first game of the season, um, because San Jose played in Prague and whatever. Anyway. (laughs) Which is... (laughs) Shouldn't you have made that speech over there? Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the start of the season. San Jose doesn't count. Let's play it. Let's play it. To our great players and our great fans, welcome to opening night of the 2022-23 NHL season. What's better than this? Good luck to all players. Let's have a great season. The players are lined up at the draw like this is right. Like in National at, Hockey at League Center game. Ice. Yeah. Isn't it rude when someone asks you a question, they don't even give you a chance to answer it? What? They should have had a couple of fans go back and just say, yeah, nothing's better than this. You're right. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the opposite, though, because I know how you guys feel about it. I kind of like it. 
Oh, I kind of like it. But you can't get any cheesier than that. It's a little cringy, but hey. like I appreciate the launching of the season. Like, what did you just add in? Grab a twenty dollar beer and come on back Brought in. To you by Great. sheets. Just yeah. like where? Where do you? Where do you stop? Well, maybe they will have a sponsored speech to start off the season every year in the in the future. I think you see more refs and umpires in other sports. Saying more. I know that this year the league plans to have really, the officials explain more, do talk you really more. Think at least the fans, the audio be better. Either in the building or at home watching this is going. Gosh, that's so thanks, thoughtful. Chris. Thanks, Chris. It's so sweet. <laughs> they, it's just so oh, nice. But it's the excitement of the year. It's the, this is more inclusive. Oh, this is really just. You know, like hey, you want to talk to us? How about after the game on a few of your calls? Now oh, we're talking. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, no. Yeah. There we're, we're not so uh, readily available to tell you how great our game is. Yeah. Make them available. If they're going to start talking to us before the game, hey, how about a few comments after the game? You know what's tough for the... <laughs> That's for a great putting, point. Yeah, but if you're going to put... You know what's tough about putting the officials on the stand after the game? I, I don't want to put them on the stand, on the by stand. the way. I like them the way they are. <laughs> well, Okay. It's, it's, they're never a good moment, though. Like, a player has a hat trick and once in a while goes up there and goes, ah, it was a good night, whatever. Like, no one ever goes to the official. You really got that offside right. What did you see there? Like, oh, that's it's a great, just going to be great daily berating yeah. is all it is. And Do listen, every, subject them to that? Every ref like, yeah, you know, fast game out there. Yeah. It's a quick decision. I screwed oh, up. there's big bodies. Yeah, you know, I didn't see it through there. Fast. It's the, it's the fastest league in the world. The guy tripped that NC. Sorry. Yeah, like I'm in the big pocket at MGM Grand. Like, what's the guy going to say? <laughs> you know, like, what do you expect to get from a ref who misses a call? I missed it. Um, anyway, there's a lot of... But I like in the NFL, I'm glad they talk on the mic. And, like, when they, on the NFL, they come on, they're like, and therefore, you know, repeat first down. Like, I like a little explanation. I, I don't yeah. mind them coming on the mic and saying, giving a little bit more. The ice stands oh, no. I'm, I'm okay with that, too. I like that. Absolutely. He didn't put his helmet and on fast. Yeah, explain to us why he made the call you made. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I mean, some are more animated than others. And Wes Macaulay. Too. Oh, guys, five minutes each for fighting. That's too much for me. <laughs> Macaulay watched I, Chris Rooney get the opening night nod it, and was oh, like, sick. how did I not get the it, nod? It is taking Wes uh, uh, to another level yeah. for sure. I got, Wes, I got Wes Macaulay fatigue. It's overdone now. Everyone's like, oh, he's such a great ref because he's a great this guy. He exactly makes bad, you are, he makes bad calls just like... A bit, you're like, no. oh, I'm over He him. makes bad calls just like the rest of them. Just because he's yeah. funny on the ice doesn't mean he's any better or worse than any other guys. Unless he injects some personality. Why are you so man? pissy? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you remember... Uh, uh, oh, my goodness. What's the movie? Uh, was it Police... No, Police Squad or something. Police Academy? With, yeah, uh, no, with uh, Nelson, oh, yeah. the actor who was uh, pretending to be an umpire. Oh, uh, Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Yes. Don't you remember? Of course. That's where officiating and uh, these guys are going to. That's that's I'm where it all started, it. I think. Naked Gun is legitimately one of the funniest movies of all time. Really good. Really, really good. I don't know. I haven't watched it in a long time. Maybe it doesn't hold up. Yeah, but it's one I, of those ones that I haven't I seen it's forever. Great. All right, we got uh, the, the stretch here. Are we going to do uh, leave predictions for the season? Yeah. You got a, a few, Sammy, for us? Well, I know Borny's got an article out that he wanted to yeah. you know, give Yeah, all right, let's of, go. Uh, let's pump up your article, too. Just yeah. not mine. Sportsnet.ca. Um, my predictions. Okay, first off, Leafs can be good. We talked about that. Um, I think the Leafs acquire another NHL goalie who plays in the, for them in the playoffs. That's wow. one of my predictions. Here's why. Matt Murray 
issues have been health and performance. You need him to be good and healthy. Samsonov's performance, you know, has been dicey for a couple years now. I, I just can't see a scenario where they're both healthy, both good enough, and the Leafs don't end up grabbing someone else. It just seems so obvious to me that at some point they're going to say... Well, is it a, a Dave Riddich situation, which I thought was just uh, not a great move? And I like that. A third... But it costs you a third rounder oh, yeah. for a guy to sit in the stands. The plan, uh, no, yeah. I'm sorry. It's too high of a price. Yep. Okay. Hey, and and if you needed to go to him, it's too late. Mm-hmm. I see that point. What I about, see that point. What about the other goalie that plays in Winnipeg? If things go sour there. If with you know Who's all the, the other goalie Hellebuck? in Hellebuck. What's Hellebuck got left on his deal? Yeah, but I mean if Matt if Matt if they're gonna Hellebuck, Matt Murray's on Robida Island. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, he's there's a IR. chance he's an LTIR guy you, at some you point. You will if and Samson if he's not, if he's not playing a million bucks one year. You know, if he's no good, yeah. they'll just turn no, him and find no, someone not, else. You're not going to hell about. Well, there's a chance they rot, right? You're, like there, there's a lot of turmoil there. Shifley right. wanted out. Like they're, they're if aging. you if you need a goalie, you got to find one on an expiring contract. Yeah. There you go. Two years at 6.1? Yeah, you get them to retain a bit, and it's the Matt Murray number. So, Varlamov, Talbot. I know Jake Allen just resigned, I think, two years. Yeah. But it's... Quick, what's he? Is he... Quick's on an expiring contract, I think. I think the Kings are decent, though. They probably wouldn't trade him. Well, at some point, you got a $5 million goalie there in Peterson. Yeah. And it's like, if you can flip quick... At the deadline, and you think this guy's coming in and, and ready at his $5 million price, like you're under pressure to get this Peterson in at yeah. $5 million bucks. Great so point. Great point. I, I, think, I think Quick could be available. Hmm. And do we revisit Gibson in Anaheim? Do we think, See, this An- is it. This do is we a- think Anaheim's you know, competing uh, no. March? No, I, and I've seen some analytics people who really like him. No, we don't. I don't think so. But here's my point is that like the Leafs got the best goalies they thought they could get that were available at that time. That doesn't mean that that's the best goalies who are available to them, period, at the deadline throughout the season. I think they did the best they could at the time they had. But I do think their eyes and ears are going to be open for what else is out there. Um, God, if they're searching for a goalie come trade deadline, then our prediction is flushed down the toilet. <laughs> I don't. You don't see a world where they're first or second, and they're getting nine hundred save percentage. Like, like last it's possible, year. and they go, and they still need uh, yeah. to shop for a goalie. Yeah. No, I don't see that scenario. You know, right? No. Okay. Um, Jake Muzzin's health being a question mark this season is going to be an issue. That's on my list of predictions. Just because I love Jake Muzzin, the player, but when he can't play and he's half in and he's kind of out, it's five point six five point six two five million per season. You know, is he, if he's on LTIR, is it like last year where he's going to come back for playoffs? It's just a thing with this this Muzzin money. They need him and they need him to be good. But if they can't have him at his best, there's a year you get to the deadline, there's a year and a half left. Is that money that's better spent if Sandine and Lilligren are both performing well or Jordy Ben looks capable? I don't know. The Muzzin, I've got my eye on Jake Muzzin this year. That's one of my predictions. He becomes a Well, between topic. him and Gio, that's... The wear and tear that we're talking about. Where where are they? Where are they for the first round after eighty two games? And is it already set that healthy or not 
Mazin's only going to play 50, right. 55. I mean, that's concerning in itself for that much money. By the way, uh, Brandeo, do we have Giordano's, uh, how to say his name? Hi, my name is Mark Giordano, pronounced Mark Giordano. I only have one nickname, it's Gio. Jor, Mark Giordano, not Giordano? I, I always said Giordano. Yeah. Like, G, like jeering it's somebody. It's J-O-R, Jordan. Giordano. Then why Mark? is his nickname Gio? Shouldn't it be Joro? <laughs> Joro. We're going to call him Joro. We're going to give him our own nickname on this it's show. Joro. Mark Giordano. Anyway. So I'd share that for everyone out there. Thought that was very important. Okay. And how about for you for you, predictions? You go. And keep keep rolling you, them out. You go. Okay, uh, Nick no, Roberts. No, 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 no. You give us your your name and how you want to pronounce. Uh, <laughs> just pronounced. Like Matt Damon says it in the Bourne Identity. I was Justin Bourne. Justin Bourne. Justin Bourne. And it's pronounced Justin Bourne. Okay, I'm Nicholas Kiprios. Nicholas Kiprios. Kiprios. Kiprios Lavende. <laughs> What's the last I don't part? Know. <laughs> um, Sammy McKee. You can't screw up McKee. Say, no. Sam McKee. Uh, Sam McKee. Everything about you Although is the most I do Canadian wonder thing. Are, are, are you uh, a little A and a little C or just a little C? Little C. Little C. Big C. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. And so I, I learned something today. Everyone, like a lot of people now, I've transitioned to Samuel. Because I was getting called Samuel a lot at my wedding. Samuel? Yeah, Samuel's my full name. Well, yeah. That's why everyone was calling me Samuel, and I've been getting called Samuel a lot recently. So I know. I might have to adopt Samuel. Samuel's hard to say. It is. It's a, the mule part is really enjoyable for you. I might call you the mule. <laughs> the mule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the mule. You got one more prediction for us? Yeah, Nick Robertson's going to matter one way or the other for the Leafs. Whether As he's a contributing player or traded. Or a chip. Yeah, yeah. One, of the, one of the other. He's how many, how many goals for Matthews this season? Pick a number. 58. Doesn't get to 60? No. You? I'll, I'll take 62. I think lower. I think he's stronger this year. I think lower. I think he's going to be, I think maybe like 49, 50. How about this prediction? I'm going to. 49. I'm, that oh, wow. really I just, sucks. I think he's going to be just as good, but like sometimes pucks just don't go in the net a lot like they did last you year. You and you're the best shooter on I'd earth. rather have 47 than 49. Yeah, for sure. me too. I totally get that. I still think he'll score 50, but I, I think scoring 60 is a remarkable accomplishment. It's hard to get more than that. You know, it's a sneaky prediction I haven't boldly made out loud, but I've kind of thought. Marner outpointing Matthews this year. I could see I could see Marner leading the it's, team. His numbers are almost better. He If he stays healthy, I, I think he can he can be in the top three scoring. I think so Race. too. You know, I forty he, goals for Marner. I don't know about forty goals. He's well, he just what he thirty five last year. So much. How many did he have last year? Thirty five, I think. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Is he gonna want to shoot the puck a lot more than he did last year? Isn't it crazy that like you think his shot, Nylander shot, he put the puck in the net more than Willie Nylander did last year? It's pretty baffling. Smart hockey man. Excited about that. Sheldon Keith keep his job throughout the year. If they, uh, if, if let's say they get to Christmas and they're on the cusp of the bubble, is there any scenario where Keith doesn't make it through the year? Again, I I, I got I got to watch. I don't know. Yeah, there is a scenario. All right. All right, they could run into some bad injuries. They could need a goaltender. I mean, there's a lot of things that may not they may be out of his control. I can't believe we get a game tonight. I'm so excited. Leafs Habs tonight. Leafs Hab five one Leafs. 
Thanks for joining us on uh, on YouTube, Sportsnet One. We're all over the place. Keep the chats coming. We're right back at you tomorrow with all the results. Hey, let's plug your show, Sammy. You and JD and Borny sometimes. Yeah, Leafs talk after all the games on YouTube no, and podcast. We don't have time. I, I don't include you, but I mean, is it a must that you're sober like by then? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Depends how much they're losing to uh, bad teams. All right. Enjoy it tonight, everybody. We're back tomorrow to tell you our thoughts. Toronto and Montreal. Have a great one.